You're listening to The View From Up Here, an equipping podcast by Viewpoint Leadership and Development. Our vision is to cultivate a change in the way the world views leadership and development. And our mission is to foster better leaders through a modern approach while developing individuals into their true selves. My name's Brad Walbridge, your host for our time together. And joining me in our conversations is our president and founder, Josh Trout, and our COO, Joel Archery. Welcome to the View From Up Here podcast. My name is Joel. I am the COO of Viewpoint Leadership and Development. I'm joined by our president and founder, Josh Trout, and Councilman Kariam Booker. Thank you so much for being here. Do you notice how you went deep? Councilman. (laughs) Well, he's more important. I know. That's what I'm saying. I felt like I had to be sophisticated around a politician, (laughs) right? Thank you for being here. Oh, no. Thank you. The pleasure is all mine. I really appreciate the opportunity to be here today. You are, so you're the youngest councilman currently as well as in the history of the city of Greer. Yeah, I mean, and the United States. I'm not going to quote you on that, but I will say um to our knowledge, uh I am the youngest council person to be in this the city of Greer, of course, but also uh, potentially in the history of of Greer. You think and, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like That's 99.9% cool. sure the wow. history. So, obviously, uh not everyone wakes up as a kid and goes, "I want to be on the city council." You were Greer native, though, right? Yep. So you're born and raised, so you know the city, you know the people. Why city council? Yeah, so I, I told folks when I was running for council, I'm, I'm not a politician. If you expect me to go around making these great speeches and kissing babies, I mean, I can kiss some babies, that's fine. I like that. But <laughs> <laughs> Wait, let's scratch that. Let's no, scratch no, that. I, I, just, I, mean, I wasn't going to say anything. Like, if that's the one thing you're focusing on, it's all right. It's a weird thing to focus on. But you're not, you're not that typical politician. That's right. Yeah. So uh, I don't. Uh, yeah, like I said, I don't claim to be a politician, and um, I'm from Greer, born and raised, been there all my life. Uh, yeah. You know, there's a statistic that says that folks typically don't, you know, uh, travel 10 miles past where they grew up. Wow. I'm um, that st- statistic. I live mm. maybe 3.5 miles from where I grew up. No wow. way. To, the, to, to be exact. Where did you grow Like, where did you, is it weird being near where you grew up? Well, the, it's changed a lot where I grew okay. up. So I grew up on the countryside of Greer, down below BMW. So okay. back when I was growing up, that was all pastures with cows wow. and, and horses and hmm. farmland. Well, it looks a lot differently now. Um, Greer has grown. I mean, Greer's the second fastest growing city in South Carolina. Yeah. And we've gotten a robust economy, and we've created a, a nice place for folks to want to live and play. Hmm. But, um, yeah, now I actually brought up roots in an area that my parents uh, tried to get me away from growing up. Wow. So the area I live in is called the Sunnyside Community. And the Sunnyside Community, back when my parents were raising kids, I'm the youngest of six kids, and during the 80s, which is when they were rearing yeah. their, the families up, was probably the worst it, it was you know, in the history of Sunnyside. I mean, wow. you could go down Sunnyside Drive and um, beep the horn at somebody, you know, they'd be doing dealings literally mm-hmm. in the middle of the road. And uh, if you beep the horn at them, I mean, they're, they're, they'll shoot at you. I mean, it was that bad. Wow. So my father, who grew up in Sunnyside, and my mother actually didn't grow up in Sunnyside, but she had a lot of family there. She grew up in the countryside of Greer. Well, my father decided to move his family to that country area of Greer, wow. get them away from city life, and um, try to raise a, a different different breed of folks Hmm. so i'm very fortunate um for that and i think it was the best decision my parents could have made 
So one of the things we've talked about a lot in this podcast is the importance of role models, yeah. mentors, people who can speak into our lives currently as as leaders and those who want to be leaders, but also how our formative years were impacted by our role models. It seems like, and it sounds like your dad was one of those. Can you talk kind of more about that? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, my father, <laughs> if you if you hear him talk, like I said, I'm the youngest of six kids, so you can only imagine how expensive it is to have a large family. <laughs> well, he, he wasn't a man, uh, I mean... He had big aspirations. Mm. Um, he wanted to be an accountant. Mm. I mean, he told me how he wanted to be a politician. Uh, the, the irony. I know You're the, the one who the, became the politician. Yeah, the irony. Yeah. But he started having a family at the age of 18. Wow. Um, so my mother got pregnant in, in um, senior year of high school. Um, she actually was able to graduate, but she didn't graduate at Burns High School. At, if you're pregnant, you have to go to like the career center. Wow. So he, she finished her last year out at the career center. And uh, my father, uh, he had plans of becoming an accountant, started school at Greenville Tech to try to make his way through that. But, um, you know, going through the family life, he had to abandon those ideas. Hmm. And, I mean, if you, like I said, if you listen to him talk, he says, uh, I don't know, I was at work. <laughs> 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 and if I go back and think about it, I mean, uh, like let's say I had a basketball game. Yeah. Um, it was like a... It was like a special treat to see my dad show up. I was like, wow. oh my goodness, he's yeah. here. Yeah. I'm not in a bad way, yeah, but yeah. It's, you know, he worked that hard. I mean, he had all kind of uh, things he needed to do to su- provide for our family. Yeah. Hmm. And I tell folks, um, you know, I actually went to private school, hmm. uh, and it wasn't because we were <laughs> had all this money in the world. It was the philanthropic folks that were willing to see this family that had all this potential and they saw something in these children to allow them to go to, to private schooling. Mm. I mean, I'm a recipient of uh, food uh, food assistance from the food bank. I mean, um, back during the 90s, a big thing was to go and uh, pick up a cardboard. Mm. So folks would take their truck, go to like Sears and Roebuck or to different places like Dillard's and put all the cardboard on the truck, wet it down, and take it to uh, a recycling place, and that would be side money. Hmm. Well, at three years old, I was riding around with my dad on the side. You know, that was his side gig was to ride around and get cardboard before he would go to work in the evenings. Hmm. So, uh, but things like that, those are the things that shaped my life, to hmm. seeing folks um, working hard and not really allowing the adverse you know, the adversity of society uh, hold yeah. them back. Yeah. that's wow. And I, w- one thing that sticks out to me with that is you learned resilience from your father's resilience, mm. right? And, like, he modeled the resilience that you show. But also, uh, you you didn't spurn anyone who was willing to help you out, right? Like, And I think that happens a lot, too, with people who are self-made, who are resilient. I don't need the help. Don't give me a handout, right? They don't... But I think because you learned also that receiving generosity is also a, a sign of humility, that I think that's one of the reasons why you are so humble and you're so successful as a councilman. Because when, when we chatted, I mean, you and I met uh, through Rick Danner, right? And then through people like, um, you know, we've got Mark Hopper, who's a councilman, uh, and then Lee Dumas. Lee Dumas, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, and we've we've met that way. And one of the things that we chatted about when we were meeting was just. I could always tell from what you were saying that you were just a genuine, mm-hmm. humble person, and you're unassuming. And it's not in a you're 
you're not a force of a, of a nature of a kind of person. You're just meek, and that's not weakness. Nope. And I think when a leader has meekness and they learn that through the generosity of others, being humbled by that, I think that's really cool. And, and so you're, you, what you said is your dad showed you that, and then you learned that. And so the question, though, is how do you, how do you think you're kind of living that out as a councilman? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, um, you know, the first, the first step when I became on council, I said, okay, I need to understand what this community is about, the area that I represent. And just to give you some information about the area I represent, it's a low to moderate income area, uh, predominantly minority, and all the help organizations are in my district. So you've got Greer Relief, you have the Soup Kitchen, you have the Housing Authority properties. And I, I, I jokingly laugh with some of our council folks. I say, my calls look a lot different than your calls. <laughs> uh, you may get calls about potholes and right. things on your yard. I get a call of a woman crying about how she's getting ready to lose her place to yeah. live and what can she do about it. Um, and, you know, I tell folks, I've, I've adopted the policy. I said, well, I can't give you money, but this is what I can do. Mm. And we have multiple resources around the city of Greer, and I'm fortunate to be able to connect those folks to those resources. But, yeah, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, growing up, my, my father instilled in us the, the value of knowing to when to ask for help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, being an African-American growing up in Greer, Greer has changed a lot. Right. I mean, yes. yeah. it changed a lot. <laughs> We're not locals, but we hear We've about heard. it all the yeah. time. Yeah. So um, in, in some respects, Greer was ran by the same faithful few. And, you know, now if you look at Greer in 2023, it is a very progressive, inclusive co- community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, that is... <laughs> Just knowing that, like like my father was telling us, you know, knowing what the glass ceiling is. I mean, it's, it was a real thing in Greer. Yeah. And getting on council, you know, um, I've done a lot of good things in my life. I mean, I've been fortunate to, uh, you know, I tell folks a little history about me. I started school when I was at four years old. Hmm. One, by necessity, because my dad needed to get me out of the truck. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> and two, because they, they felt like I was prepared. Hmm. But then also, I skipped the eighth grade. Wow. So I went from seventh grade to ninth grade. Wow. And then I graduated high school at 16 years old. So Jeez. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I wish I, I... Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's impressive. Yeah, I was not ready for that. <laughs> well, and most folks don't know that about me, and I... And I tell folks that sometimes just to tell them that uh, the mind can do a lot of things. Mm. And if you put your, your you know hard work and dedication can get you mm. a long ways. But even throughout all those things that I've done, I mean, uh, of the ventures that I've, you know, ventured on, uh, I still felt like there was a glass ceiling for me. And I was hitting that glass ceiling every day. And I was telling my wife, I was like, you know, I think this is it. You mm. know, before I got on council. Right. Well, um, I decided to run for for politicians, one, because I had a young family, and I said, uh, was talking to our former representative, and I was like, these are some of the things I think the community wants to see, and, you know, his, he would always brush it off. Well, I said, told my wife, I was like, um, you know, we really need to do something about yeah. this. I mean, I'm tired of seeing this happen. I'm tired of seeing that happen. And I think if we have the right leadership in place, we could really make some changes in our community. And my wife was like, uh, I'm not really for you running for council, but uh, we'll see where it goes. Yeah. So I ran it as a community-based campaign. Okay. Um, literally every dollar we brought in, I would say 
literally every dollar, but not literally every dollar. Because you okay. still it's have. Pol- it's politician yeah. speak. It's Someone okay. got me on that one time. I was talking to a lady. She said. Fact checker. Yeah, yeah. she fact checked me. She was like, do you have that in writing? Oh <laughs> Let me see. The you don't have to worry about that with yeah. us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so a lot of the money we brought in uh, went back to the community, whether it was we gave over seven 700 backpacks with school supplies. Wow. I mean, we had fish fries. We had uh, gave away hot dogs. We gave away T-shirts, yeah. all kind of stuff. Uh, we gave it back to the community. I told my wife, I said, um, even if I don't win this election, I still want to make make it seem like I had an impact in some mm, way, so cool. in some regard in our community. Mm. Um, so election time came out, and I won by 16 votes to a 24-year incumbent. Wow. But, wow. you know, at the end of the day, we still won. But, but yeah, that resounding of asking for help has been – a moniker of what I've done so far. I mean, we've got projects in our community that are in the pipeline. I mean, we had a announcement. I got an email from one of uh, the groups, you know, in, in Greenville, and he was congratulating me on some funding that we received. Huh. I was like, what is he talking about? I mean, I knew about something that, that we had applied for yeah. that, that was going to happen in my area. But come to find out, this this grant that we received was the largest grant in history of this organization and is going to fund a project um, in city of Greer that's not only going to help that low to moderate income area, but also be a, uh, be a bridge between that area to downtown. Yeah. Well, so can amazing. you share about that or no? Can it you- is public. Uh, it's called the Wards Creek nature trail, uh, the Wards Creek nature trail. The initial donation we received was from the ports authority uh, they donated fifty thousand cool. dollars towards mm-hmm. it, yeah. And then from there, we we said, okay, we've got some momentum here. We've brought on to, been talking with Upstate uh, uh, Trees Upstate, been talking with uh, Ugada, which is the Upstate Trails Association, yeah. um, GPAD, so a bunch of different organizations, just telling them, hey, this is something that we can make happen, and it will be a great thing for the community. Hmm. That well, you know hasn't seen much yeah. happen in their area. Wow. wow, that's amazing. Congratulations. No, one thing I I really enjoyed listening to you speak about and I think strong leaders can do this is you put yourself aside. Mm-hmm. Right? You've mentioned community a lot and you you've mentioned even how you did your campaign. You know, that says a lot about you and your character. Um, so kudos to you on that, number one. But um, that also makes things a little bit more difficult at times as well. So um, the fact that you were able to do that and you, you identified that you had, you had a personal agenda, right, that you wanted to do, but you put that secondary to what was best for the community. And, and that, that says a lot. So I, I want to applaud you on that. No, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. You know, you... Your, res- your resilience, your humility. Uh, I love that it's not, it's, it's continues to be in the forefront in an altruistic way, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it, you know, you even have the, the, your, your other business or your other job is mm-hmm. a contracting business that you started. And I think that's mm-hmm. one of the most uh, on the nose in a good way things that you could be doing. Because if, <laughs> I mean, you literally went for counsel because you said, and we had someone on our podcast mm-hmm. earlier that was said, well, I think I can do it better than other people. Not in a bad way, but right. I think I can do it better. Let me put my money where my mouth is. And you've literally done that with the council. But mm-hmm. then I love that you have a contracting business mm-hmm. on the side, and that's literally the same thing. It's like, 
yeah, I can do this for you. Mm-hmm. And I think I could do it better than other people. And let me do this for you. And I, I think it's just so cool that you, all that you're doing is a perfect encapsulation of who you are and your character and your and your drive. How do you do? You find any like correlation between the contracting and the council or anything? Well, see, I, I I'm an engineer by trade, so yeah. my mind is always wanting to make things better and always want to fix something. So <laughs> knowing that, and it's actually a fluke. I'll tell you the story of how that contract and business happened. <laughs> So I've always wanted to uh, – so my parents, when they bought a house, uh, they just – they all they could afford was the the house and the shell. You know, the outside wow. was done, but the inside wasn't done at all. So through the years, we had to go in and put the paneling up, put the flooring in. And at first it started out with paneling and, you know, some simple carpet. And then a few more years down the road, they would switch the carpet out to – you know, that peel and stick vinyl tile. Mm-hmm. And then after a while, that would come so off. So glad that went away. <laughs> so then ultimately, they worked themselves up to be able to put hardwood floors through the house and then work their way up to take the paneling down, put sheetrock up. But this was all being done by me, my dad, and my brothers yeah. to get this done. Well, trial and error, uh, we ended up getting all this stuff done, and people would call mainly me, I guess because I was the one most accessible accessible than my brothers, but they would call me and say, hey, um, I'm moving out of my house. Can you come help me out? I mean, this started when I was 13 years old. Wow. So they would come pick me up in their truck or whatever. We'd go move uh, go move stuff and uh, help them put down flooring and stuff like that, but it ended up turning into uh, a side gig. Hmm. So I would get calls from folks, and um, at one point I had a, a landscaping business, and uh, – so can you do my yard? <laughs> I gave that Be careful up. Careful what you say. Yeah. I need to get I need to get in contact with anyone you know for that. Sorry, yeah. keep going. So I sold the landscaping business Dang. like last year to a guy that I I knew. Is but, he good? Yeah, he's good. Okay, good. Yeah, okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll talk. <laughs> we, yeah, we can talk. Um but but yeah, it was it was like just throughout the years it yeah. just got bigger and bigger and bigger. You know, the landscaping <clears> business started out like two or three yards and then by word of mouth like I was up to fifty yards. And then by word of mouth I was up to a hundred yards. Wow. I was like literally just side gig yeah. type thing. Yeah. Well I said told my wife, I said, I really need to formalize some stuff. And so then I created up with Booker's Home Services Ooh. where it's done by the book every time. Oh, that is <laughs> like it. That's that good. That is good. That's good. That is good. We need Booker's Home Service to sponsor this podcast. Yes. Just give like a dollar so yes. then I can say sponsored by Booker's Home Service where it's done by the book every time. I just is that yeah. just flows off of the tongue. But until then. Who do we have that we oh, can talk about? as the sponsor of the podcast. Sp- of this show, uh, yeah. Uh, it's the place we're in right now. What's it called? I think Sit and Spin Sit Studios. And Spin. Where is it located? Greenville, South Carolina, I think. Right? Yeah, and is it? what can it do? What what type of things do they do? Everything you Every, need. Podcasting? I mean, podcasts. Uh, full album re- Full record? albums. Uh, are, don't they have a new high, space? Aren't they really class. like reno- aren't they renovating? It is so beautiful. They're, they, they are actually making it. Ten times better than it was when they we first that's started. That's impossible. Here. It's so nice. I'm telling you, that's all talented. And these they offer are. these to every like full package. Full package deal. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. If you're in the area or you're not even close, suck it up. Come down here. <laughs> it's the upstate. Sit and spin studios. Continuing on though. So <laughs> to you, our future. 
Yes, exactly. Sponsor. So you had the yes, sir. Future <laughs> so on the nose. Uh, so I have to run that through my wife. She's my uh, accountant. Yeah. She, seems, can make she seems nice. Well, yeah, we, we met. Nice. Yeah. 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 So what I, I really think though, it's it's so cool that you're talking. So you had this side business, and what we've talked about this a lot when it comes to business. So much is about filling your funnel, and once yeah. your funnel gets full, like then you can start turning people down because. But it's so hard to yeah. get your funnel full. Mm. And then we had we had a conversation with Thornton Curry a few podcasts ago where he talked about how people want that I want to have made it but they're not even here yet they haven't right. put in the work and I love that your life is just like if I could give someone the dictionary definition of resilience yeah. continuing doing the next right thing and then you'll make it it that's you because yeah. like you said well if it started out as two yards then it was fifty then it was a hundred then I sold the business mm. I mean come, that's literally that's everyone's <laughs> business dream it's yeah. like. Make it happen. Go big. Sell it. Yeah. Right. So, what do you? What drives you though? I mean, with someone that's so successful like you, what there's got to be something that's driving you. I've met so many people that's been in my corner hmm. throughout the years. I mean, it's just so many. It was my parents, my uh, grandparents. Um, I mean, it's folks that I've met throughout the years in schooling that just said, you know, you can do a lot of things. I'm like, oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> That's all I usually say is I appreciate that. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, I had to come to the realization because I was getting weighed down at times. You know, if you've got a lot of things going on, yeah. you can get weighed yeah. down. And, you know, I had to get to the point to understand that not every seed that I plant is for me to tend. Mm. So that's how yeah. I ended up selling the business because I said, okay, I've, grown this let me it might be time for me to disembark and do something else yeah and it opened up so much time for a family and so much more time for counsel and and the job that i do now but i apply a lot of principles uh i'm you know i'm a christian so Mm -hmm. a lot of biblical principles that i that i apply to my life and matthew chapter 8 talks about seek ye first the kingdom of god Mm -hmm. and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you so first i seek god and then, you know, he's my guiding pilot. And then mm-hmm. here you go, all these things he's adding to you because yeah. you're intentional about um, the mission of the Great Commission. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, go out into the world. <laughs> and I don't run around telling folks I'm a Christian, but right. there it says, by the, your fruits, you will know them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, people see that my fruit is different than a lot of other folks that they see, especially for politics. Yeah. yeah. Politics can become very divisive and can be very. Uh, <laughs> Very evil in some Cut ways. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cutthroat, <laughs> yeah. backstabbing. Yeah. 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 Fill in the blank with those, mm. any synonym. Yeah. yeah. So people are like, you're you're different. You're doing this for the right reason? It's like, well, I have nothing else to lose. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. well That's to, to some regard. Yeah, yeah. Good yeah. for you. you know, my intentions are solely to see folks thrive. And people ask, well, when are you going to get your cut? I'm like, well, what are you talking about? My cut is seeing people succeed, mm. and the Lord, and all these things will be added unto you. Eventually, mm. the Lord will take care of me. Yeah, and He truly has mm. done that all my life. It's amazing. I, this this is why we do this podcast, yes. right? I mean, some people have asked why we do the podcast. What's the why behind right. Viewpoint? And one of the great things we love about this podcast, yes, sure, it builds the brand of Viewpoint. But right. moreover than that, a hundred times over, it's highlighting people like Karium. Yeah who are living out the things that we are trying to tell you, this is what you need to do to be a successful leader. You're having issues at your work or you feel stuck, you feel blocked. This is the type of person you should model your leadership style out, your life after. And and it's not uh, try to be Kari and Booker perfectly. It's just, hey, 
he's he has done this, done the work, and shown up. And then, like you said, you're 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 going for a higher calling. Your identity is secure in Christ, not in the work that you're doing, even as a council member. And because it's secure, you can live with freedom because you're not insecure. You're not paranoid. You're not worried about power hungry, grabbing, trying to keep everything okay. And that's leadership. That's effective leadership yeah, right there. I love absolutely. that. Absolutely. Kudos to you, Josh. Thank what you. about you? I mean, you're you're a CEO of a hospital. Yeah. You've been a leader for a long time. When you hear someone like Karim, who's a younger guy than you, mm-hmm. like what what do you feel? What do you think when you look at him, hearing him talk? I, I just smile. I'll be honest with you. You know, I, I love my stories very much like yours as well. Um, you know, I I grew up in a family we were poor. We, uh, you know, I'm one of the few in my family has a degree, let alone an advanced degree, and um, nothing was just handed to me. You know, and I think there's there's a lot of work that you have to put in to your life, um, you know, assisted by obviously our, our Lord and Savior, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's the one that's got a plan for you. You just got to go for it, right? You got to follow where he's putting you. Um, but you know, there's a lot of hard work and dedication to put in that, and I think that you've done that. And I want to say kudos to you because as as somebody that's in leadership and somebody that's into developing people. You are the poster child yeah. of what I would want to see in anybody that I interview or I work with, right? Um, but it's it's hard for a lot of people. You put that time and effort into it. There's a lot of people, and you've mentioned that earlier, how there's kids that come out of uh, college that are here but want to be here, and they don't want to go through this part like you and I have and, and, and Joel has done in our, in our lifetime, right? Um, and I think that hearing your story you know, is, is just a prime example of that. And I think there's going to be a lot of listeners that, number one, might not believe in themselves, that they can do something. Yeah. But maybe those people that are stuck out of college that wants to have that VP job right away, <laughs> that they may be hearing it and say, you know what, maybe I'm looking at things a little bit differently, yeah. right? You got to put the time in. You got to put the effort in. But most importantly, one thing that you have shown through your success is it's not about you. Yeah. Right? You're doing things for two different reasons. You're doing things to, to, to please your, your Lord and Savior, right? And, and do his calling and his work. But you're also putting people around you in your community, those people that you love, first, yeah. right? And, and that, that is where your success is coming from. So I just, kudos to you. I mean, it's, it's not easy to be like that, you know, and especially in today's world, yeah. <laughs> you know? And, and, when you, and then when you throw on top of all that, you're in politics <laughs> and you're right, you're different. You know, and that goes a long way. And I think that we're we're in a very vital time in our life yeah. right now. I mean, politics is disgusting. Well, it's just, know, I'm, I'm laughing. You remember when we were at that event? And yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You don't even have to know. It's no, an inside series. Yeah. yeah, you are the opposite of the Complete that experience opposite. we had. Yeah, at so an event. we won't go there. <laughs> um, but you know, and it doesn't matter what side you're on. It's all a mess. Yeah, all of it. And we need more people like you to represent us. That they're doing it for the right reason, yeah. and you can see it, you can feel it, you can believe in it, and I'm going to put my trust in you. You know what yeah. I mean? So that's cool. The, I mean, well, your faith is so integral, and it's yeah. integral to both of us. And you have the what? Literally in Scripture, it says the greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Yeah. And then the second one is just like it: mm-hmm. love your neighbor as yourself. Right. Which is what you're doing, and then. I would say one plus one equals Karium success, right? It's not <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's not hard to look at it and be like, how did Karium do all the things he's yeah. doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty simple. But what about the future excites you about Greer? Mm. There's so many things that excite me about the future of Greer. I mean, we have a great council. I mean, 
uh, we you're not biased at all in any way. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> I was before I got on there, but I've had a year to make my uh, <laughs> opinion. And to be honest with you, we really have a, a good, yeah. thoughtful council that really cares about Greer. Yeah, um, Mayor Danner, he he really cares about Greer as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, we're we're we agree on a lot of things. Yeah, and on how to get there is really how is the question of of what what's going to transpire. But Greer, we're the second fastest growing city in South Carolina. Yeah. So uh, the way you see Greer today, um, enjoy it because it's going to change. <laughs> I mean, I mean, <laughs> wasn't it like uh, I don't know if it's Greenville and Greer, but or Greenville County, twenty people are moving there a day. Yes, yeah. in the county, yeah. In the county, mm-hmm. Greenville County, twenty people a day. Yeah. And we straddle two counties: Spartanburg County and Greenville yeah. County. Ooh. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> So you can only imagine the amount of folks. A third of Greer lives in Spartanburg County, and we'll probably see the Spartanburg County double within the next ten to fifteen yeah, years. Yeah, especially that northern more. part, Boiling Springs area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, so what what's something that you would, you know, it's not happening, or you, it's, mm-hmm. but like a dream you'd mm-hmm. have. What if you could have a five year, mm-hmm. ten year dream for Greer? What would yeah. be something that, man, if this could happen, yeah. that'd be great. So. <laughs> The nature trail that I, I mentioned, I think it'd be a great gateway for our community. And second, um, Greer, we're going to be more intentional about uh, creating spaces outside of downtown. So we're double downing on recreation, mm-hmm. creating opportunities for folks to enjoy because we're over 25 square miles. You right. can't have everybody come to your downtown center and expect them. Uh, no, because yeah. the parking's terrible right now. <laughs> so uh, that is one thing that I really want to see. I want to continue to see um, and us cultivate families, um, the area that I represent. And I'm just going to be honest. I mean, it's crime is 35% higher in my district than mm-hmm. the rest of Greer. Wow. Um, we're, I'm intentional about changing that number and it's mm. it's solely because of folks and children in general they don't have the idol what is it the idol mind is the devil workshop oh yeah mm. oh, we yeah. have a lot of devil workshops going on mm. in in my area and i need to be intentional about making sure that we're bringing the bringing opportunities for kids to to enjoy life yeah. to be able to go outside and enjoy themselves so so let me let me ask you you know how can we as members of your community, right? Because yeah. we both live in Greer. How can we assist you in something like that? How, how what, Because it's not all on you, yeah. right? There's those people that live there that have a responsibility to make the correct changes, right? You as their leader, mm-hmm. right? But how does the rest of the community, how can we step in a position to assist that as well? Yeah, so, I mean, that is a great question. And uh, the easiest thing that folks can do is seek out those organizations like Greer Community Ministries, uh, Greer Relief. Mm-hmm. That volunteer time goes a long ways. Okay. I mean, uh, some folks don't have time to dedicate, mm-hmm. but you mm-hmm. had some some folks may have money that sure. they can dedicate yeah. because those resources are getting disseminated to the community. Yeah. Um, I'm very intentional about uh, finding those organizations mm-hmm. and that are wanting to help the community, right, community, yeah. and how do we scale it? Right. Uh, we have a after-school program that I'm that I'm working with. Uh, he started out with I think 20 kids. Now mm-hmm. he's up to almost 60 kids, wow. and wow. they meet every day after school hmm. at for at-risk youth, and they have a program that hmm. is solely dedicated to pouring into these children. Yeah. Now um, he's not necessarily a ministry-based, uh, and I I tell folks that you don't have to have ministry. In your name, right? 
Sure. Because ministry isn't always about Jesus, per se, because there's moral principles that you can instill in somebody that is not controversial. Yeah, right. So... I go ahead and address that and get that elephant out. Yeah, get the elephant out the room, out the room, and yeah. say, you know, no, we're not Christian based, right. but we're still instilling uh, yeah. those moral principles 100%. that you want to have in a good person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, so just kind of to bring it to today, right? So you you see a lot going on in the communities. You know, you see everything that's going on in Chicago right now mm. uh, with uh, just a lot of young people yeah. and a lot of crime. Right in a lot of areas, mm. based on just kind of what's happening in in our in, in America right now, and you said thirty five percent more crime happens in downtown Greer or in your, in your district. Mm. How do you think we combat that? Mm. That is a great question. Not asking too. you for your solution. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, solved. Karen Booker did it. Let's like, but you know, what what do you think would help us combat that? What would definitely help combat that is getting folks out of a situation that makes them feel like. There is no other way. Mm. Mm. Folks are turning to crime because they don't, they feel like, one, it's learned behavior because that's all they're seeing. Right. I mean, where my kids are are raised, uh, if I look across the street, um, not necessarily at my house, but my mother-in-law's house, uh, there's a an area where things are happening and you look at the kids and it's like, well, if that's all they're seeing. Yeah. How you expect them to do any better? Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. one of the things that I do personally is like on a nice day, or we meet every second Tuesday on, for council. I'll walk through the community, and people are like, "You just walk through the community?" Yeah, I'm not scared of the folks. I mean, right. there's really good people here. Yeah. But if you have to be an example, they have to see things yeah. that they don't typically see. So I'm mm-hmm. walking through the community. I'm. Uh, coming up with innovative ways. One of the things that our police department, I'm glad that they've invested more heavily in, is uh, they have like basketballs and footballs. If they're riding through the community, awesome. they literally just get out and start you playing ball. You guys have ball. a great police force. Yeah, we really do. Well, really I mean, do. how many of those videos have always gone viral? Yeah. Where police officers yeah. play with mm-hmm. yeah. you know at-risk youth. I'm like, yeah. it's not that hard. Yeah. 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 So then when they show up, every it's not on a call of something happening. Right. You right. know, they are creating a relationship with these people. Yeah. Uh, and that's one of the things that I want folks to see is um, you really have to change the narrative. Yeah. Mm. Because the narrative mm. is very strong that the police is out to get you. Right. Politicians right. are out to to uh, get get over on yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And there's a narrative in Greer that uh, we care about our people, we care yeah. about our families, and we want you to enjoy yeah. where you're living. Yeah. And that, that that is a true narrative. I mean, there, you really feel that about the city of Greer. And I think that that's something that we want to do with Viewpoint. Um, and we have a gentleman by the name of Elvis that, that does stuff with us. Um, you know, we need to figure out how to change that narrative, right? Yeah. And I think that um, sometimes it's harder for someone like me to go into a different community that mm-hmm. I don't look like them. Right, for them to listen to to what my thought and process is on things, right? So we need we need to show a, a united front of all kinds, right? And we need to go in these communities, and we need to start helping these people because you got to think about this, right? You were blessed with a great family, mm-hmm. right? And look at the success you've had. There's a lot of people that don't have that, and it's a generational issue, right? Yeah. That and, and sometimes you have parents that will actually tell you you'll never be anybody because of who you are, right? And you're setting them up for failure. And we need to, when I say we, all of us, yeah. need to step up to the plate and show these kids, because they that's where it needs to start, right? Yep. 
you can do something. And I just want to say to you, not only are you representing your area in your seat as council, but who you are as a human being, yeah. I want you to know that you are playing such a vital role in these people's lives because yep. look what you're doing. And we're not just buttering them up. This is no. not, we're not buttering, this is no, no, by, genuine. By no means. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, by no means, you know, and, and it's. He didn't pay us to yeah. do this for his, you know, reelection you know, campaign. Because my heart goes out to a lot of these these kids because it's, that's yep. all they know. Yep. It's right. And, like and then society is like, Pfft. you know, it's Write just, they're going to be, you know, criminals. Well, no, they don't need to be criminals. Yeah. You need people to step up and say, you don't, this doesn't have to be your path. And I think the biggest part, and while we're doing Viewpoint, is and doing this podcast so people can hear stories like yours, mm-hmm. you can do it. Yeah, We all had different stories. You know, I should not, I've said this how many times, I should not be where I'm at today. I should not be a CEO of a hospital, let alone a president of my own company. It shouldn't happen if you knew my, back, my background. Yep. But somebody helped me to realize that I can, but you got to put the work into it. Yeah. So I think that we would love to help you guys in the city, and especially you, um, to make that change. Yeah. You know, and that's why I think it's important. And I know when I end it with this is for my side is it it is about what can we do to help you, right? I think sometimes we look at politicians like you ran for it; it's your problem. <laughs> you fix it. Yeah. Yeah. This man can't do it by himself. Nope. You know, so those of you that live in the city of Greer, like we all do, we need to step up the plate as well. And and I'm. I'm very fortunate for the partnerships we've created thus far. I mean, Clemson announced uh, maybe a few months back that they wanted to invest in Greer. And I'm in heavily conversation with those folks to say, uh, you know, know, what what can we be doing? Yeah. Um, I mean, we have a a very robust uh, ministries in Greer. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah. I wanted to get more inclusive of both parties, but – you know, you got to take baby steps. You do. Yeah. And as you continue to build contacts and mm-hmm. continue to build credibility mm-hmm. with folks that know this is all we're asking is show up every now and again. Mm. You know, we had a tomorrow we're going to be doing it's Earth Day. So we're going to be doing a huge uh, litter pickup. And I tell folks, um, you know, your organization has five. This organization has two or three. Mm-hmm. And by the time, you know, we've got 22 people picking up a roadway. Yeah. And it's, you know. Getting up trash and beautifying the area. Yeah, and then you. Fourteen. <laughs> yeah. And then we have folks uh, in the community. Yeah. So we we plant we had trees upstate did the largest tree planting since two thousand eight in in my district in in their history mm. it happened um, last year uh, for Arbor Day. Well, since that tree planting in this community, it's a mixed community with elderly and with kids mm-hmm. and single family homes. Mm-hmm. Um, They've been actively having events. Mm-hmm. So, wow. like Easter, they these folks didn't know their neighbors. Like they didn't know yeah. who they were living yeah. with. But there's been some folks in the community that have latched on to this idea of uh, it takes a village. Yeah, and we have parents in the community, single moms mm-hmm. uh, coming together, saying, "Oh, let's have an Easter egg hunt. Let's do this. Let's mm-hmm. do that." And that's how you relieve the pressure for me because, like I said, I can just call them up and say, okay, this is what's going on. What do you need? Yeah, I can get the fire department or our police yeah. department to show up. Yeah, of course. Uh, so that's that's the things that people mm. can realize yeah. is it doesn't take much effort. I yeah. mean, and you don't have to make it your whole life. Right. Wow. But you, you, can, you can be that spark and mm. then help have other folks kind of carry that way and you know kind of like that seed that's being planted it may not mm-hmm. be for you to watch grow mm-hmm. but at least you planted the seed 
And then next thing you know, you've got Johnny Appleseed going on and trees everywhere. Amen. Well, uh, Kariam, it's been such a pleasure to have you on here. Uh, Obviously, if anyone wants to get in in contact with you on LinkedIn or... Mm -hmm. Do you, you don't really have a website for council I do you? have you do? a book. Yeah. So I was wow. the first council person in Greer to have a website. Uh, wow. You are, you are, you are the that. youngest councilman. That makes sense, actually, that the young guy would have a website. Is yeah. it, so what's your website? So my website is bookerforgreercc.com. Bookerforgreercc.com. Okay. Yeah. And oh. you can go on there. You can find out more information about me, about my family. You can reach out to me through the website, find out some of the events we did. If you so inclined to donate, there's oh. a tab for that. <laughs> um, Had to put it in there. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Wouldn't be a politician without it. You have it. to. Be well, a... I got to get more T-shirts. Right? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's right. Because it They're all goes cheap. back to the community. That's cheap. right. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for being on this podcast. Yes. As always, subscribe, hit the notification bell on YouTube, subscribe on all the places that you listen to podcasts. But thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a wonderful day. See you guys. Yeah.